Rosenballs NBA betting this week. Let's get it. All right, we're going to talk about the craziness that is the trade deadline. And here's the truth. Um, are we good or I don't think anything's going to happen. What? There's so much buzz, the Murray stuff, all that. Let's, let's dissect. Like, what the hell has been going on? Right? So, I will answer that. I'll tell you what's been going on. First of all, the big two names are Levine and Murray. A lot of the big stuff kind of already happened. The Siakam deal already got. OG already done. So, what's left is really the Levine-Murray stuff. And the reason why that saga's continued is twofold. First, on... The Atlanta side, the coaching stepped in, right? Quit Snyder. And he was like, hey, we're playing a little bit better. Don't move Murray. Like, I can figure this out, basically. Put it on me. I can, I can try to figure this out. And the truth is, like, what happened a couple years ago where Atlanta made um, kind of that sneaky run in the conference finals and people overhyped them a little bit was they had enough injuries that occurred that kind of forced – a rotation that made sense. That happens sometimes, right? So, like, I think Collins went down, and, and, you know, they're trying to fix it around. And what you're seeing right now is something similar where, like, Quinn Snyder hasn't really figured out the rotation, and you can ask yourself, okay, you know, dude, that's, like, the preseason and all that. And sometimes it takes a while because you need to first test the rotation, and then you got to test it over a decent period to really see. And then there's also player injuries that messes up your testing. And I think there's two key guys uh, to really figure out how to play within the, the Hawk rotation. And they're random, but to me, it's Akungo and Bogdanovich. Those are guys that actually are plus guys that they haven't figured out where to put it, and now they have, right? So I think it's figuring out who makes sense in the rotation and then cutting your rotation down. Only focus on the players that make sense. Cut out the, the people that don't. But you still got to test it around. Lanta also, like, you know, they have some funky situations with DeAndre Hunter. Where does he fit? Adrian Griffith's completely out of the rotation, but that's the decision they made. And Sadiq Bey, same thing, like, you know, to what level is he in the rotation? But I think what they've done differently now is I think they've really truncated that front court rotation. So it used to be that, all right, maybe Hunter floating around, Jail Johnson floating around, and Sadiq Bates floating around. I think now they're like, nope, it is just a three-man rotation, which is Johnson, Akungo, Capella. Akungo's playing some four. Him and Capella great the other night against the Lakers. They whooped their ass. And then they uh, won last night as well, Saturday night taping this. February 3rd on a Sunday. So those two, that, I think they fixed the front court. Now in the back court, he cut it down as well. He has young young Murray, obviously, but now it's like just bogey. I don't need to get anything else fancy here. I don't need to play Bay at the two and, and all that, right? So I think he focused strictly on those three, Murray, young, bogey, and bogey actually got like 34 minutes of the night, which is a lot for him. So now you got your, your front court, your back court, you got six in each. Right now, the question is how you do with your threes. So I think now they're splitting time between Hunter and Bay. Right now, what you're going to see happen now, and this is where Robert's going to beat the road for Atlanta, is Murray and Young are both worthy of 35 minutes. So behind them, if they're both playing the backwards, only 26 minutes. If you feel like Bogey's worth 33 as well, then there's a seven-minute gap a cut. Now you're doing at the three. It's 48 minutes to three. That's 41 minutes at three. So now you can play Hunter or Bay a lot of minutes, and that one's not going to get that many minutes. 
And I think what's going to happen is they have to figure out, like, is Hunter a 30-minute guy or is Bay the 30-minute guy? It's probably not Bay. Jalen Johnson can't play the four, right? I think it's Hunter. Hunter at the three, is it cool? I don't know. Right? Like, can he truly play um, the three? And the problem they have right now is they don't have, like, and this a lot of teams have this issue. It's not only them, but their issue right now is, like, Hunter's really a small ball four. Johnson's now ahead of him. You know, it's funny. What happened to DeAndre Hunter, just in a quick tangent, is, like, he was kind of waiting in the wings behind John Collins. They removed John Collins. And then now Jalen Johnson stuff, and he's waiting in the wings again. It's like, he, you know, he's never going to get that full chance. And he's gotten chances. He just hasn't produced. So I think the question for Atlanta, honestly, if I was Atlanta, I would look at this and be like, the guy we actually have to move is DeAndre Hunter. It's not Murray or Young. It's DeAndre Hunter for a legit three, for a playoff three, if you will. But and maybe that could have been the guy that had an OG deal. You know, it's here nor there. But anyway. So I think I think what he's saying, what Quinn Snyder's saying is like moving Murray takes them way back. And also, I don't think there's a favorable deal for Murray. The, the Laker deal should have gone through. And I think what's interesting what happened with the Laker deal, this is now going to go on another thing. So like, in short, I don't think Murray gets moved because I think the Laker deal was there. And I think it's no longer there. The Laker deal was Russell and like a, a few picks. And the Lakers, to their credit, were not going to move Austin Reeves in the deal, which kudos. They don't need to. Um, and two things happened with the Russell deal. I think there was like a moment that he was tearing up. He thought it was the last game as a Laker. It wasn't awkward. And the Lakers didn't, the Hawks didn't want him. Nobody swept in to get Russell as that third team. If I were Detroit, I would have swept in. I think a number of teams could have swept in to be like, Hey, you know, Dow, um, uh, Brooklyn's another one. He's, he's on a cost control two year deal. Um, and this is what happens. The market value guys just flips like on a dime in the NBA, like Russell, all these players are who they are. This is what's funny about it. Like, they are who they are. But teams are so silly. They're like, no, we're only going to trade. We're going to try to trade him for what his peak value is, but only when he's playing at his worst. Like, dude, that's then then his value decreases. You dumbass. And that's what happened with Russell, right? Like, his value was was low. Then the Lakers tried to move him, and the Hawks tried to move Mario also at that point. But then they're like, um, we don't want to move him, or we don't want him. Atlanta's like, we don't want him. And no team realized, wait, his value is really low. If you're Detroit, let's just pound, let's just throw in some expiring deals like Burks and Monte Morris, which I think Atlanta does that deal. And let's get like a, a stopgap point guard that we need to space for Cade and Ivy for the next two years. But no, no one jumped in. And then the deal goes off the table. And then Russell plays great. Now, did he play great because of the trade? No, he was already trending that way. And he showed these signs, but he's hit or miss in the playoffs. But, yeah, look, he played great, posted the deal. He's been playing great now. And then the Lakers are like, oh, I don't know anymore. And the Hawks are like, well, we didn't have the third team anyway, and I'm not sure anyway because Quinn Snyder jumped in. So the Murray thing is off. It's really weird. But it's like it used to be the trades got rescinded. Now they just don't happen. So that deal is is toast, right? Fine. And, and by the way, as an aside, the Hawks could have considered what the what happened with the Portland Trailblazers and Dame Lillard. Sometimes if you have a good deal you like, you just do it and you worry about the issues later. Look what happened with the Blazers. They 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 got Brogdon. They're like, hey, do we really need Brogdon this Damian Lillard deal? We'll figure it out later. We could always move him for a pick. And then Brogdon played well. He 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 fits in with their rotation to an extent. Good mentor for Simon. Scoot. Scoot's not ready either. Um, and they're like, you know what? Uh, we're gonna keep Brogdon. That could have happened in Atlanta. Russell could have been like a backup guard. 
They could have saw how that out, and then maybe Bogdanovich becomes an interesting play for them. Or they go a little smaller, you know, and then Bogdanovich plays more three as we talked about, and then they have their answer. Who knows? But I, I don't know. I feel like Atlanta also could have just hung on to Russell and found a bitter there rather than just force a three-teamer at the time. Could have been patient, could have moved. So he's off. Now the other big name is Zach Levine. And Zach Levine just got surgery. So I don't think he's getting moved. Uh, if you recall, the Bulls just had the biggest gap in like lack of self-awareness that I've seen in any team. It's like, dude, everyone knows Levine's kind of worse for you. You're playing better without him. Do you just want to unload him? They're like, yeah, we do. Like, okay, cool. He's got $40 million, three years left. Kind of inefficient. I mean, he's been a, a great shooter, but, you know, defensively, what are we talking about here? And they're like, right. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, so, um, so we're going to get Jaden Ivey for him, or what's going on? Uh, did we just have this whole conversation about he's inefficient, he can't defend? Right, right, no, we did, we did, we did. But remember, like, three years ago when we made the All-Star team? Like, guys... Your value, your value kind of ebbs and flow based on how you play. And now, because he got injured, no one's taking Levine. And if they are, it's going to be at a big disadvantage for Chicago, right? Like Detroit, which was flirting with the idea. Maybe it makes sense, but they don't have to move Ivy anymore. And they got to get back Caruso. Are you doing that for Chicago? I don't, I don't, I don't know that you are. Unless you're really cheap and want to save cap. Um, so the Levine thing now off the table, those are two big matzo balls that are now you know, not being served. They're both off the team. So the question then becomes, who's going to get moved? Is another name emerge? I think you might have some minor names and I go through those, but I don't see anything uh, really major now. So if you go team by team and you go some of the minor stuff, you know, I, look, I think the buyout market could be again, even there, you know, I don't know. So, Here's a couple ones that, that are small but but mighty, if you will. Um, first of all, uh, there's a lot of activity around Monte Morris in Detroit. Now, Monte Morris came back, and these are like, I think if, if the, the Pistons have to find a way to move him at the deadline. His value will never get higher. This is insane. There happens to be a random lack of quality point guards in the NBA, let alone quality point guards that are available. Okay? Um, so if there's one on an expiring deal, and you're the Pistons, uh, you have Marcus Sasser kind of wait in the wings, get him more burn. You're not good. I know you want to avoid the worst record of all time. I get it. You have six wins. Let's get to 10. Um, I don't know if Morris is going to make the difference there. He makes a little bit of a difference. You know, maybe a win, right? So maybe instead of 10, it's 11. Uh, yeah, fine, but you got to move Morris. You can get an asset for this guy. You're not going to retain him. It makes no sense. You're really, you're really going to retain him? Come on. So... Teams are active. One of the teams that are really active is Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's Kyle Anderson right now, who for some reason, I mean, he's on the rotation. He is a little bit, but not to the degree. And I think the reason why is they like Mikhail Alexander-Walker a lot. They like playing more as a wing than a point. So because of that, now he's got to play a backup wing to Edwards and McDaniels is playing well. That, that leaves Anderson out, but that then opens up a back, backup point guard slot. McLaughlin and, um, you know, um, uh, they're not going to be good enough. I think come playoff time to really help. And Connolly, I don't think he give you that many minutes come playoff time. So they need a backup partner that could really give you, you know, a, a, for in a, in a consistent playoff run 18, but, you know, over the course of the season, 25. 
So Monte Morris is that guy. So if you're Detroit, again, take the talent. People will consider him as a talent. You know I love him. I would do Morris for Kyle Anderson. Let's do it. Let's do it. He makes more sense for you long term. You could re-sign him at a at a quality figure if he fits. I would test that out. So that that's one minor one. Detroit actually has a bunch of these. Detroit also wants to keep Bogey. They're Bogdan, Bo, Bojan Bogdanovich, I should say, and Alec Burks. Um, again, do they want to avoid the worst record, or are they going to retain these guys? Bojan Bogdanovich is sort of like an expiring because only has two million guaranteed. I don't, unless you want to, you know, keep this team as is, which is the silliest thing for a six-win team. I think you unload Bogdanovich in hopes you get a bigger name for agency. Uh, I think you also unload Burks. So. You know, you can't deal Gallinari, you can't deal Muscala. If you really want to avoid the worst record, maybe you play those guys, Muscala and Gallinari, more minutes, and you deal the guys that actually have value, which is Morris, Bogey, and Burks. So if Detroit wakes up, and I think a lot of this is because the, the GM is under the gun, um, and, and a, a worst record of all time could cost him his job, he doesn't want to move them. But now, and I get it, it's just second rounders maybe. But he at least gets some assets that um, you could repackage or what have you. That's a minor one there. Atlanta, I think, might move Bogdan Bogdanovich in lieu of Murray, right? So if they're going to keep Young and Murray, they, they probably want a backup guard that can defend. They've been flirting with Marcus Smart before. Marcus Smart's a name who could get moved. Memphis is a team that has already made a move. They already moved Adams. Again, they're they're not drinking the Kool-Aid. They're like, yeah, we're not good. We acknowledge this. Cool, 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 cool for the acknowledgement. And, um, you know, we'll just you know, sink it up to next year. You know, Morant's been out. Let's get a quality pick. We, we see sometimes with Vince Williams um, and Jari Williams, quite frankly. And, yeah, I don't think Memphis does anything more drastic than that. They now are going to build up some cap, let Morant come back at a top pick, and then run it back next year. I think that's fair after a team that two years ago was a, was a top two seed. And a consistent good good team, so it's not like necessarily super fluky. Um. So Marcus Smart, I think, could get moved. I can see that Atlanta swap with Bogdanovich. Maybe another team gets involved. Um, so that, to me, makes sense. That's Atlanta, Smart, in there. Boston does need, I think, a, a backup wing. Again, they could flirt with Kyle Anderson, too. The problem there is their guy is a PPP, which is Peyton Pritchard. Also his initials. Um, but his contract's not great. I think Cal Anderson would make a world of difference on that roster. Uh, again, maybe they get involved. Pritchard's been previously pitched around, not anymore. Uh, I think they're a buyout candidate, and, and the big question is going to be, obviously, you know, who gets bought out. Charlotte, are they doing a fire sale? What's going on here? Is a fire sale going on in Charlotte? Like, Rozier just left? And, and I think it might be. Like, P.J. Washington's got a couple years left, but... I, you know, Bridges, are they retaining him or not? Do they want to resign a guy like that with his rap sheet? I don't know. It sounds to me like that could be the big name is Miles Bridges, quite frankly, and who takes the, the risk on him. Again, I could see, you know, Detroit wants that type of talent. They've talked about it. Or maybe there's a desperate team out there. Maybe it's the Lakers even. But if you're Charlotte, you're not moving any of these guys for an asset. Hayward, same thing. I need to get an asset. So, the Knicks could make sense for any of these guys. Hayward makes sense. Fournier in a pick for Hayward. Get an asset for him and move on. And if you're the Hornets, you really just want to build around Ballsman out, right? Ishmael's just kind of holding the team afloat. Let's just see what Brandon Miller could do as a number one alpha the rest of the year. I think it's a worthy question. 
sets you up for the draft to figure that out. Right. And then, and then, and then I think you reframe your free agency. You get some veteran guys to surround ball Miller and whoever you got in the draft. And that's Charlotte. Chicago. We discussed, I, I at some point there's going to be a reckoning with the bulls as there should be like, but it sounds to me like they just want to extend what they're already doing. So if I'm the bulls, I, there is a chance they just want to unload Levine so they could extend DeRozan and run it back with him and Vooch. Now Kobe White for a full year, I get the appropriate veteran talent in there to mesh with them. Um, there are the big questions, obviously, Patrick Williams. His recent play, I don't think, helps him a lot with the extension talks. It's good for them. And they didn't do a crazy extension, but it's still looming. Cleveland, uh, there was the Levert Hardaway Jr. rumors last year. Now they have their spacing. Congrats. But I think what's been exposed is, like, the team is not better with Garland. Right. If you saw what happened in Utah, it's mimicking Cleveland with Donovan Mitchell's stature on the team. So it was Mitchell Connolly and a bunch of three and D guys, English, Bogey. Um and then you had Gobert, right? All that stuff worked. But you don't have that here. Uh, with Garland there, because Garland and Conley are not the same. In theory, what you could do if you're Cleveland is I, I would start getting feels for Garland, or unless you want to do another playoff run where we know what's going to happen, right? Like, you hope, I wouldn't deal Mobley just yet, but Garland's the guy that, you know, you might move. And and the truth is, if you're looking for a return for him, do you look at the, at the Pels and Zion Williamson? Which, again, it's more of an off-season move but now. Um, and going around again like Dallas I think wants to see Dallas every team in the West I think secretly feels like they got a shot in a seven game series they're all like which reminds me of the South Park episode with the Yelp reviewers like they all think they're the number one they're the most important food critic in town when really like they're all they don't realize each other so like the West like has to realize like I mean someone's wrong here like I think Dallas thinks like we got Luke in a series we're probably gonna win Minnesota's like we're the number one seed okay sees like we have all this talent Denver's like, we just won the West. Clippers are like, look at our run right now. Lakers are like, we have LeBron, right? That's already six teams. that I think legitimately think Phoenix, hey, we got KD Booker. There's six, seven teams in the West that think they're going to win the West. Now, yes, does every team think they're going to win? Sure. Sacramento is in that mix, but there's like six. It's a lot. So a lot of them are not that realistic. Like, oh, we make the second round, we're good. They might say that after the fact. New Orleans is in that float too. So there's like six teams that I think legitimately think they're going to win the West. So five teams will be disappointed. Now, if you ask me, I think there's really two, three. So cut it in half. I think it's Denver, OKC, the Clippers are uh, 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 heads and above. Phoenix is Kool-Aid and Dallas is Kool-Aid. So they'll just get disappointed and they'll make another excuse in the offseason. So they're not going to make any necessarily huge moves either. Dallas, I think with new ownership, they're not going to make a move now, get their settle in with the new ownership and new management potentially. Before anything happens. Um, and then you have um, you know, I don't think I don't see another big move out of that, although I question it, right? Like Golden State, I don't know what Golden State's doing. Right? So like some of the teams again we talked about have already made the move. The other teams, I think there's a story with it with Lanth and Chicago. I don't get Golden State. Like, I think Green came back, but they're the 12th seed, right? I mean, 
So they just allow this year to kind of just go, and then they're like address the Curry Clay saga in the offseason and be like, look, this team isn't winning with this group. At the same time, you move Curry, it's like a, a massive deal. I don't think you can move Clay right now. Um, I think they already took a gamble on Siaka, but it didn't happen. They could take a gamble using Kaminga. That's the other shot, really, is hope Kaminga's value increases. Um, Moody's isn't so great. And then wait to the offseason. But my point is, in all this, I don't think there's going to be any more major moves. I think you're going to have a big offseason of movement. Right? I think Carl Anthony Towns could get moved. I think Zion could get moved. And that's where you might start to see some of the craziness. Right now, the deadline, all the craziness that could have happened has stopped, and there's a domino impact, and um, teams will wait it out and then uh, address those situations come the offseason. So in short, deadline craziness? I think not. 